Welcome to the Vanessa G. Fitcast. If you think eating less is the answer to getting lean, or that you have to choose between having donuts and wine or having a body you love, well then, girl, you are in the right place. Chances are you've fallen victim to diet culture's terrible advice on how to eat and exercise. But don't worry, this podcast is going to bring you actionable information so you can start transforming your body without giving up your life. I'm Vanessa Gillette, founder and head coach of Vanessa G Fitness and Nutrition. This podcast was born from my passion for helping all women create bodies they feel confident in. Thank you for tuning in and trusting me to support and guide you. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Vanessa G Fitcast. I'm Vanessa Gillette Pozos, and here with me is my co-host. Omar Pozos. What is up, BGFN fam? How are you guys doing today? How are you, Ness? I'm I'm doing good. Yeah. yeah. I feel well rested. I feel like I'm just excited to record today. <laughs> Funny, I don't know if you guys watch or if you guys follow Vanessa on Instagram, but we watched uh, the menu, right, on Sunday night. And Ugh. she slept, what was it, four hours because you were having nightmares about the movie? I, I couldn't sleep. And I <laughs> I don't think this is supposed to be a scary movie. It's more of like those like psychological like thriller. thrillers. Yeah. And I just, I can't handle that stuff. And I was, yeah, did not sleep. <laughs> so well, last night I caught up on sleep and yeah. now I feel wonderful. Awesome. Well, I guess that, yeah, now we know. No psychological thrillers on Sunday nights for I mean, you. I, I know that about myself. I didn't realize <laughs> that was what the movie was until we were too far into it to turn back. And Fair. Bad choice. Yeah. Bad choice. Interesting movie. Um, I would. I don't know if I would recommend it. Would you recommend it? No, okay. absolutely no. not. Fair. There we go. Yeah. So, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. <laughs> Today's episode, we are going to talk about some exercise lies that keep women stuck. And I'm going to really target four specific lies, the ones that I think I hear the most often, especially when new clients come to us and maybe they have only come from a background of group fitness where you don't really ever have to like think for yourself when it comes to your exercise. You don't really ever learn and become self-sufficient. So a lot of times when these women first venture into realizing that like strength training is optimal and they want to get into the gym and learn to strength train, there's a lot of misconceptions that we have to work through that they have to overcome whether they're working with a coach or not. So I want to address four of those today. And we can go ahead and dive right in. Boom. Straight to the point. I like it. Let's Let's do do it. it. So lie number one is you have to live in the gym to see results. And, you know, I think this one really comes from just the culture on Instagram of like these fitness influencers or just influencers who happen to like fitness. You know, it's part of their like influence, I guess. (laughs) And I feel like they so often just constantly show themselves in the gym and they're just like always showing just, you know, like, oh, grind, grind, no days off, like work so hard. And they might be doing these like five, six, seven days a week of workouts. And that is just a terrible way to train your body. You know, most of our clients train three to four days a week for 45 to 60 minutes each, and they get incredible results. I mean, go and look at my page or our team page, see the testimonials, the transformations. Like, this does not come from grinding it out in the gym. It really comes from focused, targeted effort of really having a training program that is correct for your body because less is more. Yeah. And I think that you kind of nailed it right there. It's having a training program that's designed for you, your body, and whatever you're trying to achieve, right? Because I know when we were doing our CrossFit days, we were in there five, six days a week, yeah. at sometimes seven. Part of it was the community. Like 
I wanted to be around other people, that it was just fun for me. But what I didn't realize was how badly I was overtraining my body, right? And I know one of the things that we would share in the past is we would get out of bed and like tiptoe our way out of bed because we were in so much pain and we were we like, were oh. in our early 20s. Yeah. We should not have been in so much pain exactly. all the time. I know. And it was like my shoulder. I mean, I developed a lower back injury from it, a herniated disc and stuff. And it was just like, no, I'm, I'm you know, it was more like, oh, I'm just weak. You know, I, I, I need to push harder. I need to hustle. I need to grind this and that. And it's like, hey, it's not what we're, or it's not the, the uh, it's not, it's not about overtraining. It's not about doing more. It's about doing stuff that's right for you and your body. And it took me a long time to realize that. Um, and now, like you said, now I'm back to three, four times a week and I feel significantly better. I look significantly better. Oh, you've gained a lot of muscle in the last year. Yeah. Thanks, babe. That was nice of you. <laughs> wow. Um, look at me giving yeah. out compliments today. <laughs> but the, the, the pain is no longer there. Like I knock on wood, I no longer have to deal with lower back injuries and stuff like that. And I'm gaining so much more um, return and the effort that I'm putting in. And yeah. it's just crazy. I mean, I think you are honestly a great example of that because we think back to the CrossFit days when you're right, we were training. You know, I remember I was doing two a days a lot of times, like yeah. training in the morning and the afternoon. And I was doing that five to six days a week. And I had never had any history of injury. I was a just a stickler for form. Like yeah. I was doing the best I possibly could. But the thing is when you exercise too much, you strength train too much, you end up in a essentially like a rest deficit because your body needs time to recover from each workout, to rebuild the muscle, to bring down the inflammation and to actually cause the growth that you want to see of lean muscle and getting leaner. But if you are training too much, an opposite effect happens because you're not giving your body enough time for it to recover. And this can be incredibly detrimental. And that's why, you know, we have so many women who come to us and they're like, oh, you know, I'm working out five, six, seven days a week. And like, you know, they're really proud of how consistent they are. And I'm proud of them for that level of consistency and that discipline. But the reality is, the reason they're coming to us is because they're not seeing results. They're not happy with their bodies. And a lot of it does have to do with the fact that they're actually overtraining. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I love your point that you have here. It's, you know, it's consistency over intensity. Because if you're consistent and it's sustainable and you can do this long term, that's where you get the biggest payoff. Because again, very similar to nutrition. Like if we do something that's very intense and we can only sustain it for 30, 60, 90 days, then it's never going to work, right? And it sounds so logical as we speak uh, about it, but when you see the people that are in it and are doing it, and a lot a lot of times less is really more. Mm -hmm. Yep. So line number one, you must live in the gym to see results is absolutely false. It is a lie because overdoing it in a the gym. Lie. I like a that. lie. <laughs> calling them out. <laughs> but you know, overdoing it, it can cause overuse injuries. Like we've yeah. talked about, you know, you had the herniated disc. I was having wrist injuries and ankle injuries and shoulder pain. I felt like a 90 year old man. Yeah. And I, I mean, like guys, 25. there was a time period where he was crippled on the floor, could not move, was sleeping on the ground because he couldn't yeah, move. And this was all from exercise. Like I would insane. sit on a couch and uh, do the fetal position because I was in so much pain. <laughs> and I'm like, how am I going to live my life for the rest? <laughs> you know, I've got so much more to live. I'm like, I can't do this. And I mean, it just took something so serious like that to me. Like, all right, let's look at it yeah. another angle because I, I want to keep being healthy, but I, this isn't the way to do it. Yeah, and now you have zero pain. Yeah, I mean, knock on wood, absolutely. I don't want to jinx myself, but yeah, I, I, I um, you know, and again, I'm not the best, but I need to be doing more mobility work, more stuff like that. But as of right now, you know, everything is good. Yeah, 
And so, I mean, overtraining, obviously we've talked about the overuse injuries. It also can just cause excessive fatigue, which is not what we want because now if you're overly tired because of your training, then you're not going to be getting enough of your non-exercise activity, which is a huge part of your metabolism. It's going to affect just overall different areas of your metabolism. It can be really, really detrimental. And in some cases, it can end up leading to hormone imbalances because especially Mm -hmm. for women, you know, our hormones are very sensitive. And especially if we're overtraining in certain phases of our cycle, it can be incredibly detrimental. And I've seen it happen time and time again. Yeah. And funny, I was going to mention that I feel like guys, you know, obviously we don't have uh, a lot of the hormonal stuff that you guys have to go through. We don't get periods and all that stuff. Right. So for us, it's, we're a little bit more resilient in that case. So if a guy, like if I can feel that way, I can only imagine how bad it can feel for a woman to go through this stuff and work out as much, you know, five, six days a week and just the detriment that that's going to have on your hormonal health. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, let's move along then. Lie number two is you must consistently be sore to make progress. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love to point out this lie because I just so often that like people wear soreness as like this like badge of honor of like, oh, I'm so crippled, sore. And like, oh man, it's just because I'm working out so hard. And I have to explain to them like soreness is not necessarily a sign of you training well. It actually can be a symptom of poor training. It can be a sign of essentially you are just doing things that are actually counterproductive for your goals. Well, what about poor recovery too, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If we have poor training programming, we're overdoing it. We're not um, just exercising in the right ways. You're going to be constantly sore. And that is a sign that you are just not recovering the way you should be. Yeah. And again, I mean, we literally just talked about it. We would tiptoe out of bed because we were so sore. So in so much pain, we were like, oh, like, I had one hell of a workout yesterday and it's like, well, let's look at it from a different perspective. What is your body really telling you and why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? Yeah. Well, from those days for me, it wasn't so much the soreness. It was truly like what I was talking about earlier of like the overuse, overtraining, mm, yeah. like injuries from that side of things. But there have been other times in my training career where I did fall into this camp or I would be like, oh, I need to feel sore. And if I did a workout that I didn't feel sore, I was like, oh, that workout must not have worked. Like I need to go back and work out again today. I thought the soreness was a sign that I did a good workout. But as you become a more experienced lifter, you get better at training, you realize that your body actually gets very used to the loading of training properly. And so you don't actually get very sore very often. You'll typically just get sore whenever you change your training program. So like if you are doing phases, when you start a new phase, just being on new exercises, new stimulus, that will produce a little bit of soreness in your body. You should not be crippled sore. You should not feel like you can't get out of bed because that means you overdid it. But a little bit of soreness of feeling like, okay, I can feel that I worked those muscles when you do a new workout totally normal. And that's, you know, not a bad thing at all. That can be a good thing. But if you are consistently sore after every workout or you're chasing soreness, that is the wrong way to go. And it's absolutely not an indication of progress. Yeah. And I think it goes back to literally everything we've been talking about. You know, it's about having a structured approach, a structured program that's for you and your goals. Because like you said, Vanessa, like as you go in through different phases, it's okay to be a little bit sore because of that new stimulus stimulus that's going into your muscles, right? But if you're not doing anything consistently, you're always doing different things, like then your muscles never really get that proper stimulus that you need in order to help them grow, recover, and help you, you know, regain those muscles fibers that you need to gain that lean muscle mass that you want. Exactly. Doing different workouts all the time is just not an effective way to be training. But that's for a different day. 
Really? So with lie number two being you must consistently be sore to make progress, absolutely false. Really in general, if you are consistently training and you're following a well-created training program and you're not over pushing yourself, then you should find that you're not getting overly sore hardly at all. As long as you aren't skipping weeks and taking time off, because when we do take time off, we skip a week, we come back to it. That's when you'll probably feel a little bit sore and that's normal. But otherwise, if you're consistent, you're probably not going to notice much soreness. And that is a good thing. Yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot if that's okay with you. Um, why do, why, like, why does that happen? Do you think like what, like when we take a couple weeks off and then you come back, like, why do people normally feel like really sore right off the bat? Well, it's just like when we shift our training programming completely and do new exercises, give your body a new stimulus. It's basically the same thing. Cause you took time off that workout becomes new again. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So lie number three, moving right along. Line number three is you have to do certain exercises to target specific body parts for results. Oh man, this is the lie that I actually grew up with because I feel like this was like from, you know, our, our parents' generation, they really believed in doing like body part splits. Yeah. And you know, that was very old school bodybuilder days. And there are, there is value in doing some workouts like that here and there. We do use that occasionally for our more advanced lifters, but it's typically not the way that we need to get results. And it's not the most optimal way to get results, especially if you are newer to the gym. So in general, you know, doing these body part splits. And what I mean by that is having like a day for arms, a day for back, a day for legs, these types of things. Which is so common for people to do. Cause I get that all the time. They're like, yeah, Monday is leg day. Tuesday is arm day. Uh, Wednesday is abs and backs or whatever yeah. that looks like. So it's not going to be optimal because we actually want to ideally target each body part at least twice a week. Mm. So that's really the optimal type of programming. And then if we're taking a beginner lifter who they're not really able to push as hard, or at least they shouldn't be because they're going to be potentially injuring themselves. Then if they're doing those splits, they're not quite giving their body the stimulus it needs to produce that lean muscle growth. So for that reason, you know, you'll find that typically we don't do that. We might do like upper lower where you might do all upper body movements one day and all lower body movements another day, but we're not saying today is arms today is back. It might just be entirely upper body or, you know, I really enjoy full body splits for a lot of my, my, um, clients and the people we work with and even myself, because, you know, if we're really using a lot of compound lifts, a lot of full body exercises, these can be incredibly beneficial, especially for those who are short on time because we can get more done in less time. Um, but it also can be just a little bit more fun. In my opinion, compound exercises, they make you feel strong. They're really exciting. Like, just personally, I, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Give us, um, like, talk about the efficiency there for a little bit. Like, give us, like, what is a compound movement and how are compound movements more efficient? Like, why, why are they so much more effective in creating that stimulus for your muscle as opposed to, you know, like you said, splitting up by body parts? Yeah. So a compound movement. That was movement, a good question by me, by the way. Wow. Look at you. <laughs> a compound movement is a movement that brings in multiple body parts all at once. So think of something like a like a barbell deadlift. Mm -hmm. People typically think of a barbell deadlift being a like, oh, I want to grow my butt, so I'm going to go deadlift. But the reality is a deadlift is activating almost your entire body. Yeah. You're embracing your core. You're strengthening your back. It is engaging all the muscles in your arms, your, your hamstrings. Grip. Yep, your hamstrings, like really from top to bottom, it is engaging your entire body when you do that barbell deadlift. And so in doing so, it is activating more muscle fibers, which is inherently going to have that stimulus for lean muscle growth across your body. It is gonna ramp up your metabolism because it's a little bit more nervous system stimulating. So it's excellent, excellent for rebuilding the metabolism. 
And if we just compare that to, let's say, you know, someone also is saying, I want to grow my butt and they're just going and doing like isolated, like, um, banded workouts. Yeah. Like, a, you know, like the booty bands, um, like hip openers, which is very much isolating. They're going to really feel that burn in their butt. And they might think, wow, I'm really growing my butt here. But the reality is you're just kind of bringing some blood flow to it. And that that's not a bad exercise. We use this a lot for like finishers and different things, but it's not going to have nearly the effect of a compound glute exercise, like a deadlift that is bringing all the muscles into play because it's just it's working the entire body. It's, it's creating more of a stimulus. Got it. So it sounds like obviously with a compound movement, it's going to require more of that core engagement, more little muscles to work together. So it's more efficient because it, it you get more bang for your buck. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. As long as we are programming properly across, because that also can become something where people might be prone to overtraining because now if they're just replacing something like a you know, a banded hip opener with a full-on barbell deadlift, those the barbell deadlift doesn't need very many other exercises in that workout because it is so fatiguing on the body and because Got you're doing it. so much. But that's why we could have a shorter workout that's extremely effective as opposed to somebody going and doing an hour-long workout and just getting like a ton of that feeling of burn, but they're really not actually getting the most out of their time in the gym. Yeah. And I think that just goes back to your point. It's like, you know, we have to highlight the fact that you can do things more efficiently and get more bang for your buck in the same or less amount of time that you would, you know, had, if you were doing something that's not structured or something that, again, you're just doing uh, as like a, you throw stuff at a wall and whatever sticks, sticks and whatever happens, happens, right? Exactly. Yeah. So lie number four is you must spend a ton of money on supplements in order to see results. That was, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I remember when I was a kid, like I would go to Smoothie King and I would get protein shakes. I'm like, Oh, it's just protein. Like I, I need more protein. Right. Um, it's like if you, you know, if you work out and you don't have your protein shake afterwards, then, Oh man, the workout must've just not like it's, it's moot it point. At that point. Exactly. Yeah. And it wasn't until I heard you, um, say, and I think it was on an episode here. It was like, you know, think of it as supplements, as supplemental to your nutrition. Wow. And I was like, Whoa, <laughs> I was like, the light bulb went off in my head. I was like, Oh, she does know what she's talking about. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I, I, I did see your point at that point. Yeah. So, I mean, I want to be very clear here. There are some certain supplements that do have a lot of really quality research that shows that they can be extremely beneficial for, you know, hypertrophy, for even like fat loss and different things for performance gains. So something like creatine is a supplement that is widely researched. It has been shown to really improve overall performance. Like it is a great supplement, but you know, something like your, uh, you know, fat burner, whatever, like those things are not very well researched. They don't really have any, like, I, I have to be clear here. So some of them might have some research. Typically those are funded by supplement companies themselves. So they're a little bit biased. And when we take those things into account, it's really putting people into this like silo of saying that everything is perfectly controlled. And if you're going to be honest with yourself, nothing in your life is perfectly controlled. You might be working out and you might be taking your supplements, but you might not be incredibly perfect with your nutrition, with your macros, with your micros, with your water, with your stress management, with your sleep, with all the different things. If you have every single thing checked off the list and that right there was not an exhaustive list, but if you have every single thing, then investing into some of these more of like just specialty performance and fat loss and hypertrophy, meaning muscle gain supplements, 
might maybe have that like extra 1% effect on you. So if you're someone who's like trying to compete in a bodybuilding show, maybe you want to do that. 99.5% of the people the general peop- who yeah. are you know, listening to this podcast don't fall into that camp and that's okay. I don't fall into that camp. That's why I don't really take much of these types of supplements because I don't really think that they're necessary. When I'm like really consistently training and trying to grow muscle, I'll take creatine and I might... You know, in the past, I've done some different pre-workouts. I like to do a non-stimulant pre-workout that is caffeine-free, but those essentially might just have like nitric oxide and some different things to help with blood flow, give you a little bit of a pump when you're in the gym. It's not going to improve your overall like gains, but it does help you in the gym psychologically feel because you can see a little bit more of the effect. You see the blood flow in the muscle. And I do personally believe that with me, it does help me just have a little bit of that performance edge. But overall, supplements, they just aren't necessary in order for you to see results. So lie number four being you must spend a ton of money on supplements in order to see results is false. Breaking yeah. the beliefs. You kind of um, you, you kind of spoke to me when you were like, you know, once we make sure that we're, you know, having our nutrition dialed in, our stress management, our sleep, our water, like all of that stuff is so much more valuable because I know when I was younger, I was like, oh, I need to get an Apple Watch. I need to get a Whoop Band. I need to make sure that I'm eating three protein shakes a day. I need to make sure this, this, and that. When it's like, hey, instead of going into all of the stuff that, you know, uh, social media pushes, marketing, all that stuff. Why don't we focus on, like you said, doing the basic stuff really, really well. And you're probably going to get 10 times more of the results that you will. If instead of, uh, you know, focusing on that, you focus on just what else can I buy to help me, you know, cheat the system or to give me that 1%, uh, you know, difference or whatever. It's not until you're doing the basics that then that stuff can actually help you probably, like I said, develop that one or 2% more. Um, but it, it's really simple. It comes down to focusing on the nutrition, the sleep, the stress management, the water, the daily, you know, non-exercise activity that gives you, again, the biggest bang for your buck. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, really I wish th- somebody would tell me that. Yeah. The whole point of this episode is because I just want people to understand that reaching your body goals, your exercise goals, you know, having the, the lean physique with the booty and the toned arms and these things that you want, it doesn't have to be so extreme to get there. It doesn't have to cost a lot of money. It doesn't have to take a ton of time. It doesn't have to be just absolutely this like perfect routine to get there. All it takes is making the right decisions. And I can tell you of like, you know, we've had so many clients, I can think of a couple off the top of my head who they understand this point. They understood the assignment <laughs> to where- That was a meme, right? Or was it a meme? I don't know what that is. <laughs> but they, my age. they realized that what they needed was just the guidance of a coach to really tell them, this is how you need to train for your body. Stop doing these things that are wasting time. Stop buying all these supplements that are wasting money. Like let's focus on just these things. And those clients that I'm specifically thinking of, these are not women who come from, you know, high paying jobs and just have a lot of money sitting around to spend. And they're just like, oh, sure, I'm going to hire this coach on top of all this other stuff that I'm buying. They are realizing that this is where they can get the most bang for their buck. And that's where they save on all the things that are not unnecessary. They don't spend money on these expensive group fitness classes. They don't spend money on stupid supplements that don't aren't necessary. They aren't buying all this gear that they don't need. They aren't wasting much of time in the gym. They are just 
saving where they need to save so that then they can spend money on a coach, even if they are a single mom without a high paying job, because they know that this is where they get the most value. And then they can actually do what they need to do to get the results, to feel their best, to have energy, to be proud of themselves and confident and show up the best way they can possibly show up for their family, in their career, in the rest of their life. So that's really the ultimate point of this episode is that all you really have to be at the end of the day is consistent and just focused on slowly just gaining strength over time. And I promise you're going to see your body change the way you want it to. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> no, that's such a good point though. And, and like you said, it's not about adding things to your plate. It's not about adding uh, more stuff to, you know, your, your grocery list or buying more supplements it's about removing the stuff that you're already doing. That's not working or that's not efficiently getting you to where you want to go. Because at the end of the day, like you said, it's about working smarter, not harder, right? Yep, exactly. So I hope this episode was helpful. And if it was, do me a favor, send it to a friend who you think could also benefit from hearing this episode or post it on your story, share it with other people who could gain value from this advice. And thank you so much for listening. As always, we'll be back next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening. If you learned something today, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review in iTunes. And if this particular episode resonated with you, do me a favor and take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Don't forget to tag me at Vanessa G Fitness so I can show you some love. All right, my carb queens, talk to you in the next episode.